the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the show. It was Justice Robert Jackson who observed in the West Virginia v. Barnett case that compulsory unification of opinion achieves only the unanimity of the graveyard. Well, that seems to be the raison d'etre of the Democrat Socialist Party these days and their ideological fellow travelers on college campuses. A couple of examples. Two House Democrats from California, Reps Anna Ishu and Jerry McInerney, sent a demand letter essentially this week to CEOs of communications companies demanding to know what they're doing to police unwelcome speech. Unwelcome speech. Our country's public discourse is plagued by misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies, and somebody needs to do something about it. There ought to be a law, apparently. And they rely on Harvard University's Yohai Benkler and this uh, research he's supposedly done into conservative media, which concludes the following. Our analysis underscores not only the enormous power of right-wing media, but also their distinctiveness from left-wing media. The conservative network of outlets, with Fox at its center, feeds a large minority of Americans narratives that that confirm their biases, fills them with outrage at their political opponents, and isolates them from views that contradict these narratives. It's a closed propaganda feedback loop. Left-leaning media, whatever the goals of some of their members, have failed to produce anything similar. Our analysis found Mm -hmm. Bankler, a loyal Elizabeth Warren donor doesn't see anything going on in left-wing media that he describes as happening in so-called conservative media, which, of course, is a fraction of the size and scope of an influence of the D.C. press corps. Over at Stanford University, uh, academics Victor Davis Hanson, Neil Ferguson, Dr. Scott Atlas recently penned a letter describing how they had been defamed by four professors at Stanford— who had recently met with the Stanford Faculty Senate and, as they describe it in their piece, published a farrago of falsehoods directed against various fellows of the Hoover Institution. And uh, even the president, while defending them on the basis of academic freedom, these Hoover Institution scholars, VDH, Atlas, and Ferguson, conceded, appeared to concede the underlying charge that you know, maybe these academics, conservative in orientation, had said some things that were untrue or misleading. For more on this uh, state of affairs in the state of America, we're pleased to be joined again by Roger Ream, who's the president of the Fund for American Studies. Roger, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, good to be with you, Dan. Part of the powerful right-wing media that yeah, exactly. Our country. <laughs> exactly. We figured we'd go right to the source, to the guy who's turning all the knobs and pulling all the levers, Roger Ream at the Fund for American Studies. I mean, it is sort of um, ironic and dangerously so. The one hand, they're... They have to manufacture something about right-wing media in order to stifle right-wing media for manufacturing. That's right. Things. I mean, all I could say was, George Orwell, please call your office. I mean, it's right yeah, out of right. 1984, this uh, you know, woke culture that wants to censor any opinions that differ from 
what they view as acceptable, and it's frightening that it's come to the United States of America, which was founded on one, one of its principles was free speech, freedom of expression, protected in the First Amendment to our Constitution, and now they're trying to curtail it. And, and, and it should be, yeah, right. And, and of course, as you know, it's, it's it's prosaic, although apparently not to some percentage of the population. The idea that you know the First Amendment was a protection against unpopular speech because popular speech doesn't need much protection. And to me, in addition to sort of the sort of bootstrapped research of the Harvard professor that I referenced, I mean, you know, it's it, it's really something when you can try to take out uh, noted historians, I mean, accomplished academics like Victor Davis Hanson and Neil Ferguson and, and Dr. Scott Atlas. I mean, um, that's not just anybody. And it's one of those, if those guys can get eliminated from the public arena, then who can't? That's right. I mean, the left has a different narrative about everything, about the, our country, the way it was founded. Uh, in their view, we aren't an exceptional country. Our founding date was 1619, not uh, 1776. And so, you know, they're going to find anything that is said by historians on the so-called right to be misinformation and, uh, and therefore a grounds for shutting it down. And so it's, it's a very frightening trend that Americans need to wake up to and do something about and speak out about. And when you have two members of Congress writing a letter to Amazon saying you've got to drop Fox News, from your services, I mean, that, that is just frightening that that's happening in this country. And so then how, how does that redound into all of the programs the Fund for American Studies operates, which you know, you're at the head of that, and the conversations among academics and, and students that are ongoing against this backdrop that we're describing? That's a great question because, you know, I've been involved in this for 30 years working at the Fund for American Studies, and I've seen how students have changed over the years, and they, they come to us now unfortunately sadly really we with this idea that the american dream is dead you can't you know go as far as your talents and abilities and perseverance will take you they've in many cases come to accept the culture of dependency we're building in this country and uh they also come to us less prepared uh in terms of their knowledge of american history of civics of the tools of economics in order to make a difference in the world i mean they're well-meaning young people today they want to improve the world, but they're you're just not prepared to do it. And so we've got to do a lot of remedial work to really give them the tools of economics, teach them about America's founding ideas, you know, encourage them to be courageous leaders willing to speak out, even if it's unpopular. And and, and this is, you know, a relatively uh, a small slice of the overall universe of, of young people that are participating in fund programs that are at, at least intellectually curious enough to be to be generally speaking open-minded to having scales drop from their eyes you have wide swaths of of the other of the of the rest of their their cohorts uh, who aren't even there that's right and you know most young people of the generation in college today they've had no first-hand experience or examples of you know the worst of socialism and communism that our generation had you know we we could look at the soviet union or china under mao and see what forbidding places those were and how evil those systems were that they uh, controlled the lives of their own people, and uh, while that's somewhat true today with China and, and becoming increasingly true, uh, it's not something that young people in our country really understand. And you know that's one reason we sponsored these two Venezuelans. Yeah, uh, great, fantastic. You've had on your show, and you know, traveling the country and warning young people in this country of the destructive 
effects of, of authoritarian socialism. And and what's on the horizon for the Fund for American Studies in the coming uh, in the coming year or years even? I appreciate you asking that. I mean, we've got uh, exciting plans to really reach lots of more young people, both at the high school and college level through programs we have for teaching economics, teaching about our founding principles, and really trying to identify those who will be courageous leaders in the future, who have the will be willing to speak out in favor of our freedom and uh, seek office. You know, we've got an alum who's been elected recently as head of the uh, the Republican minority in the Illinois State Senate. Uh, we've got an alum on the Supreme Court in Arizona, and and we have powerful alums in the in the in the media like you, Dan, and like uh, Mark <laughs> Levin and others. So we're working very hard to get our alumni into places where they can have influence for good in our country. He is Roger Ream, the president of the Fund for American Studies. Uh, get more information on their programs and support their programs, tfas.org. Roger, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good to be with you. Thanks, Dan. Brought to you by the Fund for American Studies. The Fund for American Studies is an educational nonprofit that is changing the world by developing leaders for a free society, offering transformational programs that teach the principles of limited government, free market economics, and honorable leadership to students and young professionals in America and around the world. Download a free ebook to learn how you can become a champion for liberty at teachingfreedom.org. Exposing political fakers, fixers, and takers. He's Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show.